When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Seb Philpott. And I am Verity Simmons and this is Three in a Bar. Yes it is, it's the podcast where we chat to a different musical guest each week and we have got a very exciting special guest this week. Verity, please tell us who it is. We really have. We have got, I don't think it's too much to say, a national treasure with us this week. It is comedian, actor, singer Rob Bryden. Yeah, it's Rob Bryden. Wow. That's right. Now, <laughs> Rob Bryden, I'm sure you'll know who he is, but um, just in case you don't, he was uh, born in 1965 in Swansea. He's had an incredible career in TV, in films, on stage. Some highlights include Human Remains, Marion and Jeff. Uncle Bryn, my favourite in Gavin and Stacey. Oh, yeah. Um, and, of course, he played a version of himself in The Trip alongside Steve Coogan and many, many other things, which uh, we haven't got time to go into now. But Rob is just great, isn't he? Yeah, and such a lovely, lovely person and so generous with his time. I can't believe he let us come to his gorgeous garden and uh, basically talk at him. <laughs> I know, he, it was so kind of him. Basically, how it all came to happen was... He's always sung in various things he's done over the years, mm-hmm. either on TV and uh, in his live shows. But this year he embarked on a national tour doing, uh, doing some jokes and singing some songs with a live band. And I was fortunately asked to be in the band. So that well, was hey. just before, thank you very much. That was what <laughs> I was doing just before COVID struck. And uh, we all had to stop. Uh, it was a, it was such a good tour. It was really fun. Yeah. Uh, so that's how I met Rob, and we had a a little recording thing recently. And I seized the opportunity to ask him if he would come on three in a bar, and he very kindly said, "Yes, I will." Yes. So, Hooray! Yes, he did. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So as we said, we went to his garden just to sort of make it as as sort of COVID safe as possible. It was we kept, uh, our distances, and um, but he was also very, um, very, very hospitable. We had some lovely biscuits, some lovely coffee. Had a look at his amazing jukebox. Oh, he's got oh, a brilliant jukebox! Great, yeah, um, yeah. I turned up with a, a plastic cup of tea, and uh, <laughs> he seemed a bit 
bit disappointed. He's like, oh, I wanted to make you a cup of coffee. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'll have a cup of coffee then. As you could probably guess in the garden, you, you get all sorts of noises going on. And it was a really lovely sunny day, a little bit windy, but but there were people over the fence just kind of just soaring through <laughs> patios and yeah. just like forging metal. I think there was a blacksmith living. I, there must down. have been either that going. or like a masonry party or something was going on. It was extraordinary, <laughs> <Yeah>. wasn't it? <laughs> It, well, it really was, but um, I've tried to do my best with it, with the audio, but um, that, just to let you know, that's that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. But hey, that's life, isn't it? Sometimes there's some unwanted noise, and I think <laughs> it adds to the experience. Yeah. Anyway, let's go there now to Rob Bryden's garden. Rob, thank you so much for uh, chatting to us today. And, My pleasure. Uh, <laughs> just, I chose a moment just as you put a biscuit in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. ah. Now, we met this year probably, but of course, we, we do have a number one single together. Oh, isn't that the strangest thing? I, I've only released one single <clears throat> and it went to number one. I say I, it was we. I must never say I, it was we. It was Ruth Jones and myself. Yeah. <clears throat> and, oh, how appropriate. <laughs> Tom, Tom Jones. <laughs> yeah. um, just by chase, always with us. Um, <laughs> and uh, we did this um, <clears throat> Islands in the Stream from Gavin and Stacey. Uh, and we did the, the, a record of it and Hugh Padgham produced it, who did a million things. But yeah. For someone of my age. In the Air Tonight and Every Breath You Take are the two that jump out. And then when I met you, you casually let slip one day that <laughs> you played uh, the trumpet on the single. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It was me and my brother Barney, he played the trombone, and uh, someone recommended us to go and do a thing with Hugh Padgham, and yeah. that was so cool. And um, Did you get taken to LA? Oh, Vegas, sorry, to oh. for the video. <laughs> no, I, I didn't actually. No? no? Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> that was so funny, because we went over to shoot the video in Las Vegas, so Ruth and myself flew over there to Las Vegas, and we had very little time there. Um, and you know when you make those long flights, the uh, the jet lag and you can't sleep and all this stuff. Mm. So I think we arrived. Let's say we arrived in the morning, perhaps after an overnight flight, and we went to see Tom's show that night oh, at the wow. MGM Grand. Oh, brilliant! And uh, we were thinking we'd written a few things like he gets in and out of a car, he does this, he does that. And when we were thinking, and this is this is uh, wasn't it? This is good lord, twelve years ago, eleven years ago now, two thousand nine, I think. Wow. Yeah. So that's 11 years ago. Good Lord. And we were thinking, well, we've written these things for him to do. Now, I hope he, because um, he's not young, you know. I mean, this is 11 years ago and he's still going strong. <laughs> yeah. and, and we went to see the show and we were laughing because he was so energetic in the show. He was skipping around the stage. <laughs> literally was at one point skipping. And so we were just we were laughing to ourselves. And then afterwards, we, we went back to... Uh, to see him you don't mind about the police do you they i think no. i'm lying low i don't think anyone here okay. no, it feels like home for home for me okay. that's fine um and um we went backstage and there was you know champagne and it was all very lovely and he said he said well we're going out for dinner now you know do you want to come for dinner and we thought wow but we had to be up very early the next day filming and i stupidly said oh no because i really need my sleep i said oh hmm. no so we didn't. But of course, you can't sleep because your, your body clock's all messed up anyway. So I was in my, I can vividly remember being in my room in uh, this hotel. It was it was a very fancy hotel, but it wasn't very nice. And, and it was a bit garish. And I remember being stood way up, floors and floors up, looking out the window, 
thinking somewhere out there in that glistening city, Tom Jones is having a meal now. And we could have been there. Oh. And we'd, oh. And we'd said no, and I don't think he would have slept. <laughs> oh, no. So were you, because um, you're quite good friends with Tom these days, aren't you? Um, well, I mean, I know him. I, you know him. I'm sure, I'm sure it's more of a big deal to me than it is to him, you know. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean, though? It's, it's always funny, that sort of strange imbalance. If you do get to know somebody yeah. who you've who you've known, as it were, yeah. all your life, I'm sure it's a... <clears throat> there is an imbalance there because it's a bigger thing to you than it mm. is to them. But yes. Yes. But I mean, <laughs> the, the first time I heard um, when the song was released, I heard it sounded like Tom Jones. So I thought, oh, well, Rob's just, he's done an impression. Ah. And, um, and, and then I, even I didn't, until I saw the videos, I, that, it was actually Tom Jones. Yeah. I, I've actually sort of sort of played with Tom yeah. Jones. And, yeah. and Robin Gibb as well, is and that Robin right? Robin Gibb, oh, that was yes. very exciting because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Bee Gees, yeah. huge oh, admirer yeah. of the Bee Gees, who are, I mean, it has to be said, they're sort of often maligned. Yeah. And, and I, which I think is ludicrous. And of course, mm. I think people who know music know that it's ludicrous. But but they often were. Um, I'm a huge fan. Um, you look at the stuff that they created and not just for themselves, you know, the songs they did for other people, whether yeah. it's Islands in the Stream or heartbreaker or chain reaction or all sorts of songs um but yes yeah, so robin did the backing vocals and i've got different mixes of the single i've got just the backing track because sometimes ruth and i have performed it at the end of one of my live shows to a backing track fantastic and i've <laughs> and, and i've also got it with just robin's vocal because he did backing on it and, and I, I sent this to jimmy fallon because jimmy fallon is a huge fan of the Bee Gees. He used to do a thing on SNL with Justin Timberlake called the Barry Gibb Talk Show, where they did a version of Barry Gibb hosting a talk show. <laughs> All very affectionately done because I think, you know, Jimmy's a huge fan of them. And I did I did his show once and it was a great experience. Maybe we talked about the Bee Gees. Anyway, <clears throat> but I sent him <clears throat> this version, this mix, which just has Robin on it because he's doing the backing vocals. So, you know, it goes, islands in the stream. It goes, and we rely on each other, uh-huh. And I've always thought of it as, uh-huh. But when Robin did the backing vocals for us, it was, ar-har. Oh. He was going, ar-ar, like a pirate. Wow. <laughs> and, and it's the strangest thing. Maybe if you were to listen to the record, you, if you listen closely, you could hear that. But certainly on this version I've got where it's just his backing vocals, he's going, ar-har. <laughs> so I, I sent that to Jimmy Fallon, thinking he'd find it, uh, he'd find it interesting. So Robin was on it, and we did it. We did it live. Well, what happened was we recorded it in the autumn of 2008. Mm. So Ruth and I went into the studio with Hugh. Yeah. Did that. I did Tom's bit, doing an impression of him, <laughs> the, what uh -huh. we wanted him to do. Yeah. Right. And then Robin put his backing vocals on it. Then they got Seb in to do the trumpet. Or no, maybe you'd already done that by the time we were doing it. I, no, I, th I think, no, we were after you, I think. Yeah, because okay. he was saying, I just met you. Oh, really? You guys really? Had come oh, in. Funny. And, yeah, yeah. and so we, we did uh, all that. And then the track was done. So then Ruth and I went to Las Vegas and we did the video. And when, that was a strange thing because I remember Tom there saying, he said, oh, they, they used you in the end then. I said, what do you mean? And he's, and he, I can't to this day believe this is true. But he started to say that, well, yeah, I've, I've heard the track and it's you. And I said, no, it's not me, it's you. <laughs> and I, 
I cannot believe, much as I'd like to, that he ever heard himself and wasn't sure. That's just not possible. So maybe, maybe he heard some earlier version. I, I don't know. But I said, well, no, 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 it's, it's you, it's you. Um, so, so we did that. So that was in the, that was in the autumn of 2008. And then it was released in 2009 for Comic Relief. And he flew over and did a few promo things with us. So we went on a show... That thing they do, Let's Dance for Comedy oh, yeah. Comic Relief. Yeah. We sang it on that and we did it on Top of the Pops. Oh. I think they brought oh, yes. Top of the Pops back. Or something. Oh, yeah. And we were on the same week as Oasis. <laughs> Take that. And Robin came and Tom was there. Oh. And the Gavin Stacy cast were there oh. doing backing and what have you. <laughs> and I remember the thing I remember from that was being quite nervous. I think Tom had flown in that day to do it. And Robin Gibb was there. We'd met Robin when we did the video. He came down to Barry Island. <laughs> this is a BG <laughs> alert. That's what that noise is. Yeah. <laughs> it's always funny, isn't it? When, whenever you're filming anything anywhere, if you're on location, yeah. you become hyper aware of the noises yeah. that would pass you by. So often you're filming. I was just doing a thing in Bath and we're filming out in front of the Royal Crescent. Mm. And you think, well, this is lovely and peaceful. But then when you stop and listen, you know, in the... Yeah. Or this... Things you'd never notice. Yeah, or just a really loud bird. Like, birds yeah, that's are right. noisy. Yeah, yeah, just these sounds you'd never notice. But we... Um, so, so, yeah, we were going to do it, and I was quite nervous. And I said to Robin Gibb, which, again, is not something I ever thought I'd say. <laughs> I said to Robin Gibb, God, I'm quite nervous. And he said to me, good bit of advice. He said, do you know what I do when I'm nervous? I said, no. He said, I turn what if into so what. Oh, oh. sage Isn't words. Isn't that good? Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah. Isn't that good from Luigi? Oh. So what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so were you listening to things like the Bee Gees and Tom Jones yeah. growing up and yeah. in Wales? And were you in a very musical household? Well, it, my mother... We had we had a piano. My mother would play, and from my memory, it was only ever Claire de Lune. No, what what's the one that goes? Yeah, not Claire de Lune. I knew it was something to something. Um, <laughs> she would play that, and I had lessons as a kid, but just couldn't get my head around it. And I wish I could. I wish I could. We've got a piano here, you yeah. know, and mm. um, I may start just trying to learn chords, you know, and just enough to yeah to do it i would love to be able to play i play the guitar a little bit yeah but i mean and i mean a little bit mm. um i've seen you play it yeah it's, it's a little bit sad isn't it I mean, <laughs> you know. yeah, i mean it's enough isn't it for, for a lot of songs isn't it it's yeah but what i find interesting when, when we were on tour together yeah there's a real difference between if i sat in the house now with the guitar i could probably whistle through a few songs yeah. But parts of your brain get occupied when you're on stage. Yeah. And you need to play at a certain level on stage. You need to be a couple of levels better. Absolutely. To come down to that level. I found it really interesting because even sometimes for some of the dates on our tour, we did a yeah. few things in we where I'd have the guitar. Yeah. And, and I soon thought better of it. But And it would be a simple, like even a simple blues thing, right? really simple. But in the moment... 
you couldn't keep it all in your head, even the simplest of chord changes. And I'd be thinking, mm. oh. So in the end, I'd end up just not actually strumming it, you know, just uh, <laughs> just missing the, missing the string. <laughs> so, it, so it was musical in, in, in that sense. And there was music in the house. Yeah. I'm always surprised when you hear people who who grew up and there was no music in the house. Yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah, what sort of things did your parents listen to? Well, I can I can tell you what we had. We had The Carpenters. Yes. Uh, one of those albums. We had a Barry White album. Right. We had a Tijuana Brass, Herb Albert. Oh, brilliant. We had the soundtrack to Dr. Zhivago. <laughs> we had the soundtrack to Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Yeah. Um. And I think, and then a little bit later in Elvis's 40 Golden Greats before oh, he died. That would have come out when I was about 10, I think. Mm. Uh, so we had those and I, I've never thought about it before, but maybe I do love melody. And mm. maybe, you know, melody over energy then. So that, which yeah. is why punk never really, I can like some of those mm. songs, I suppose, but I certainly didn't hold them in particularly high esteem because I just loved melody all the time. Yeah. And all of those people, certainly the Carpenters, were hugely melodic. Um, I think th those would be the ones. And I then would buy the stuff that was out. So, you know, I used to buy the Bay City Rollers, you know. Yeah. It's really a girls group, you know, but I, I really liked them. Um, and Donny Osmond, again, a girls thing, but I I really liked Donny Osmond. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Sparks. I bought one of the first cassettes. Oh, yeah. Was was the right. Propaganda album by Sparks, Brilliant. which is quite different, you know, to someone who's into uh, the Donny Osmond, the Bay City Rollers, you know, chart things. Uh, but Sparks, I liked very much, and and then you know you go through phases, don't you? And then as a teenager, that's when I got into Bruce mm. uh, Springsteen yeah. and Elvis, and uh, I liked. A lot of American stuff, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, we were saying this the other day that it's a real difference now. When when you're younger, I just remember we used to listen to something in the car all the time. We were talking about how you get to know albums so well, don't you? And yeah. the repetition. And these yeah. days, things are quite different with how you listen. And It's true, although mm. I hope I'm still inflicting it on my younger kids. Oh, good, yeah. yeah. My older <laughs> ones have all flown the nest. But my younger ones, so Bruce has got a new record out that came out last week, a new album. Mm. And I've been playing that loads. So now George, who's nine, he, he knows it. And he's, there's a couple of tracks he really likes. Yeah. Oh, so I've sort of forced that onto them. But they have far more access to it themselves now and access to anything. Yeah. It is interesting how it, the whole way that you receive music has changed. Hmm. Yeah. And instant access to whatever they want, basically. Yeah. Yeah. There's a... Because I remember when I was a kid, there was a particular CD or tape it was in the car. And it was Colm Wilkinson singing oh. um, songs from from the West End and Broadway, yeah. but with with the LPO um, accompanying him. Yeah. So we just had that on all the time, every holiday, and we had yeah. the the Les Mis yeah. uh, CD, often the the French version of the Les Mis. Oh, really? Cool. You were classy. And, yeah. <laughs> it was like the original yeah. concept album of Les Mis. <laughs> oh. Uh, I don't know why we had that, but. Um, but you get so used to that particular yeah. record. And even actually, we had another Les Mis. So we had the record of Les Mis and there was a, a, a scratch on it. So it would get stuck in a, it would go back. <laughs> it would be a bit where, um, if, if you're a Les Mis fan, um, Fontaine is like gone down the docks. Yeah. And yeah. she's getting her hair cut off. Oh, yeah. And they're like, it goes, 
let her have my dearie, let her have my dearie, let her have my dearie. <laughs> it was just that bit round and round again. So, and then when I finally um, did, played it in the West End, hearing that bit and it carried on it just went on to the next line did you get like, stuck in a loop? <laughs> i just kept playing, kept the, playing same, the same yeah. bit. <laughs> but it's funny like because when you're a kid when, when we were growing up it was before streaming and everything so mm. you just had what you had at home so mm. so you're saying you had like half a dozen albums that were yeah. on sort of rotation and the thing yeah. i did when i was a boy was you would you had cassettes and you could tape mm. tape songs oh, off the yes. radio. Yes. so the charts would be on a sunday tea time yes and, and it would be an fm so that was your that was your best opportunity to get a high quality recording. But you, you want to avoid the idiot DJ. So you'd <laughs> so you'd want to come in. He'd say, "And this week coming in, number three, the Basie Rollers, and other words, yeah, and you think, he, you know, he's going to shut up." And then you then you take your finger off pause because you'd have play and record, <laughs> play and record, yeah. pause, and then you'd want to have as much of the song as possible, but you'd want to stop before he came back in again yeah. with his nonsense. <laughs> you'd be thinking, "Oh, how much longer?" And it would start to fade. You think, "Can they hang on a bit longer?" <laughs> it was so exciting. Yes, yeah, I remember being. A, it was Mark Goodyear was doing the. Top Oh, yeah, you're younger than me. That's right. Younger than me. Mid Marconi did mine. Oh right. <laughs> but yeah, um, and uh, yeah, you got it. He didn't. Know. I know how obsessed. I don't know who that is. He, he invented radio. <laughs> oh right, sorry. <laughs> Alexander Graham Bell. You, you like Mark Good? Yeah, I like Marconi. <laughs> <laughs> you went to do drama at the Welsh College uh-huh. what, what was it you want you wanted to, to be an actor right is yeah, that yeah an actor or I suppose an entertainer uh, it wasn't it wasn't a sort of pure thing of acting it, it was more a thing of entertaining mm. because I think that was what I did as a kid you know one way or another either like making my friends laugh yeah or, um, and my reason for going to drama school was that at school I did all the school musicals and I loved them. So mm. my life was was acting at school, you know. We'd have drama lessons maybe once a week, I can't remember now, but rehearsals from my memory were every day, every evening after school. Yeah. And that was my life. I mean, you'd, and you'd, um, the show would be performed there in Porthcawl at the Grand Pavilion in February over three nights, I think, when I did it, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then on the Sunday, you would be utterly bereft mm. because oh, it yeah. had been your whole year building up to this thing and such close relationships with the other actors. Mm. Um, mm. So my thought of going to drama school was that it would be my favourite thing at school, but all day. That was very much part yeah. of, the, of the thought process. And at that point, I had a very naive optimism and self-belief that I would become a very successful actor you know um <laughs> which which was to be sorely tested <laughs> o- o- as time passed but um so that well, I didn't think much beyond going to uh, to drama school so I auditioned for RADA Central and Welsh College and I was turned down by RADA Central but accepted by um Welsh College mm and really loved my time there, really enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, I think they did teach us some theory, but I don't think I ever paid any attention to it. All I wanted to do was perform things, you know. Yeah. I, so there were classes. In fact, I, and I interviewed, the other, I interviewed Michael Sheen from my YouTube channel, and he said he got talking about 
the pandemic and he said, well, I mean, it's like, you know, back in Shakespeare's day, because of course, you know, when we were at drama school, you were taught about this and that and that plague. And I thought, were you? (laughs) (laughs) I I can remember, I can remember not going to those lessons, sort of thinking, well, that's like school. (laughs) Why would I want to do that? Um, did you get show dance and things like that? I remember from Guildhall that they, I used to love going and watching my friends like, doing their show dance lessons. Yeah, we had to. Yeah, there, there was movement stuff. There, yeah. there was. It was the. T- it was not long after Fame had been on the television, so mm. it was the age oh. of the leg warmer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. So I would be there. I've got photos of me in. Um, you know, sweatpants and a leg warmer and a T-shirt <laughs> with cut-off sleeves, you know. <laughs> Probably because I thought that was a bit like Bruce, you know. Um, although, yeah, yeah. I, although I don't think he ever went for the full leg warmer. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, we would do, yeah, we did dancing stuff. I remember that. And and I remember being too young, too naive to, because I had no interest in it, but nor did I have the maturity to realise that this would be a good skill and I've had to do a handful of dance things in my career, just a handful. And I found all of them very challenging. I did, when I did a, a chorus of disapproval in the West End, there was a little dance routine in that. It took me a long time to get it. And I once did a, a live at the Palladium that I hosted and we had the cast of Jersey Boys on. And I had to do, I, the, the, the joke was that I become one of them and we do walk like a man, you know? Yeah. And of course, they've been doing this eight times a week for two or three years, so they can do it in their sleep. And if you looked at it, it's on YouTube. If you want yeah. to torment me, <laughs> um, if you look at it, you'd say, "Well, that's a—it's not a challenging dance." <laughs> and yet, yeah, when you because we also had to sing, and not necessarily the melody line. You you may be you may not be going walk like a man. You may be going walk like a man, talk like a man. You may be yeah. doing something like that. Which goes against all your instincts of having sung along, <laughs> and you're having to point. Ooh, walk like a man. Oh, how she tried. <laughs> but I did enjoy it. But um, so we had it at school. But as I say, I didn't have the sort of maturity to to think. Well, this would be you know. Let, let's try. Yeah, I don't suppose you can have that until you're older and you realise that this is a great opportunity to be learning things. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. yeah, we had those lessons and we have speech and we had um, yeah, movement, the history of theatre stuff. There was something like that going on and I took, as I say, no, no interest in it. <laughs> no. Uh, no, it's a bit of constant regret of ours. It comes up in this show that Literally we didn't apply ourselves time. more at music yeah. college well, yeah. while we were there, while we were paying all that money. Yeah. So yeah. to go to yeah. every single class we could have done. I know. Yeah. I, I think that just comes with maturity. It's like yeah. when my kids, the ones that are still at school now, you want to say to them, oh, just drink, soak it all in. But, you know, no, you, you can't. Can you? Have but, you got any um, standout performances for that year, though, where you felt like? Well, what? what ha- yes, I can remember a few, but all the main performances were in the third year. And I left midway through the second oh, year yes. because I got spotted by BBC Wales and given a job as a radio presenter. So I left. Yeah. But we had done some performances. There's a song. I don't know what it's from called Racing with the Clock. Do you know that one? When you're yeah. racing with the clock, there's a dun, 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 and the second hand doesn't understand that. And we had to do a dance routine to that that I found very difficult. And it was, 
And so many of the students had no interest in dance. So it wasn't taken seriously. I really mm. felt for the dance teachers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I dare say it was the same every year. Because you had a, we were a right old motley crew of, <laughs> of kids. Some, I mean, I would at least try and be polite and give it a go. But you'd get some who just take the mickey out of it and wouldn't wouldn't commit yeah. to it at all, you know. So we we would do that, and we in terms of performances, we did put on a performance of the Joe Orton play, the Erpingham Camp, I think it's called, mm. and I I played the the comic lead guy in that because I was you know I was I think I was thought of as the funny one, the one who did funny stuff, you mm. know. So I had that role. And I suppose I wonder, you know, what would have happened if I had stayed at college and hadn't started off in radio. Yeah. Yeah. Because for a long time that was very frustrating when I when I wanted to move on from radio to to acting and couldn't get seen by people because they thought, well, you're a D, you're a, you're Alan Partridge essentially. You're mm. you're a DJ, you know, which I was. I was very much traffic and travel coming up. Here's yeah. Christopher, the lady in red. <laughs> Was your first show? Is it called Rave? Is that right? That was one one of the first that, ones. Yeah. yeah what that, kind of uh, music? Oh, I was. know it wasn't. It wasn't I know. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's such a funny thing because that's never occurred to me because rave culture so passed me by. Right. Never held any interest for me. I'm aware of the, what a rave thing is, but you saying that now. In all the years that I was, years and years ago, I was the co-host of this show, Rave, that was on Radio Wales and Radio 5. And it was where I started to do a lot of characters. I did Keith Barrett on there that oh. went yeah. into Marion and Jeff for the first time on, on Rave. But isn't that interesting? I've never... <laughs> oh, I, 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 just, I don't make that connection. <laughs> no, yeah. I had a vision of Neon and like one of those lovely no, dummy... No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I was, I was... that All that stuff, when all that was going on... Just never. Did you have kids at that point? Oh, no, it's before. Yeah, before. no, it was Just around. Before. It was, uh, well, my first was born in 94. I was still doing a bit of radio. I'm not sure if I was, st- I I think, no, I think I'd finished that when, when Katie came along. I think so. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> but so so I, your first performances were in musicals at school, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I did, you had a really great uh, drama teacher. Oh yeah, right. brilliant, oh, Roger brilliant. Bunnell. Yeah, and he's now just at his seventieth. Yeah, we were having going to have a huge party, and then lockdown oh. happened. You see, but um, he now runs a thing in Wales called "It's My Shout," which is gives young filmmakers, I mean, so many of them, this incredible opportunity to make films and get them shown on the television or, or in the cinema on a big screen. Oh, brilliant! He was. We were so lucky. So. Uh, Ruth Jones was at school with me and so she and I both went through Roger and he was hugely important. He was that classic inspiring teacher who gave you confidence and self-belief and uh, just a a sense of professionalism uh, about the job. Um, So I'm always hugely grateful Mm. to him. Yeah, he he must have just seen something in you and just let, let you... Just encouraged you, but like specifically to sing and, and be funny on stage. Yeah, well. yeah, I, I suppose so. I mean, it's amazing hard. that you and Ruth both came out know, the same school. That's yeah, yeah. yeah. I sometimes Testament. tell people I was at school with her, and they say, "Well, what did you teach her?" <laughs> <laughs> she's a little hurtful. Um, she's, a, I think, she's a couple of years younger than me, but but was a big part of the drama. Yeah, crowd. Yeah, which was my crowd. So, yeah, I gave her, I taught her to drive when, when she was learning to drive. Oh, right. I took her to the <laughs> car park by the beach in Porthcawl. <laughs> I'd already passed my test. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. 
<laughs> so um, in terms of like what your the, the music, you're, well, you're doing more music these days yeah, with, with the band. Finally. But, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's it always felt like that's the kind of thing you, you want to yeah, get to. In your yeah, but I was, I mean, I will admit to being very nervous of it, uh, probably only for how it's perceived and, and uh, perhaps you shouldn't be. Why should you care how mm. it's perceived? But I do think, and I have a lot of my friends do this, but w when a, a figure that is primarily known as the bloke on the telly suddenly then wants you to come and pay good money to buy his album or, or you think, hang on a minute, well, wait a minute, what are you mm. meant to be, you know, all, all things to all men sort of thing. Although, of course, as I said, I that is how I started out. The first thing was musicals and I've always loved it. And and I had, I've had different comedy acts over the years that I've sung in. I've sung in Gavin and Stacey. I've sung on, I'm sorry, I haven't a clue. Yeah. I've done different things. Like I'm on Bryn Terraville's <laughs> album. I've mm. been on Harry Shearer's album. Yeah. Uh, sung at the festival hall with for in a big tim rice tribute with andrew lloyd webber at the piano so it's lots of things but i was so wary of ridicule i suppose of you know who do you think you are because i've got friends who've done it and 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 are good singers but you you can get a bit of a kicking for mm. it you know and I, I don't want that which is why i've never released an album you know because i've been offered albums I think if you have any sort of profile, a, a record company will think we could make some money here. Yeah. So, and which is why I've done what I've done with you, Seb, which is the the tour, you know. Mm. So, you know, proper getting out there and doing it, not just sticking a record out. And I started it really slowly. It, it came about because I was at Joe Stilgo. I've sung with Joe quite a few times, hugely talented yeah. young man. And I was at one of his Christmas things and a producer was there who I knew a bit anyway came up and said, look, why don't, have you ever thought of doing a cabaret? And I had. Cabaret to some people is a dirty word. It's not to me. I, I think if it's done well, it's this wonderful grown-up entertainment. Yeah. So I would describe it. Um, and I thought, yeah, yeah. So he, he then started to <laughs> pester me you know, with this idea, why don't we do something? So, so I, um, I thought, okay, okay, let, let's try this thing. But I said, I did say, I said, look, it's going to take forever. I'm very slow. I'm not going to rush it. And he said, yeah, okay. I think he came to regret that after all. <laughs> uh, I, I said, well, I did tell you. I told you to be slow. Uh, so I auditioned. They set up auditions for six musical directors. And the, all of them, I mean, good Lord, all super talented. But then it just comes down to who feels like the right fit. Paul Herbert, who, yeah. as you know, because uh -huh. he now is in charge of our band, um, the B Street Band, as I like to call it. <laughs> yes. um, yes. That'll catch on. Um, <laughs> so I met Paul and I said, yeah, I think Paul is the one. And then Paul and I, I think over the over the course of a year, would get together in a little place in Chiswick, a little room, and just sing together. And he'd suggest songs and I'd suggest songs. And we would do that. And then the producer would say, okay, look, we've got to put some dates in. I go, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I say, yeah, all in good time, all in good time. Because yeah. I was enjoying just going and singing with Paul. And he was so good for my voice. The, the, I mean, I could sing a bit before, but, and, you know, I'm talking about myself here, but, but it's so much stronger and flexible. The higher, light, uh, lighter, is it a head voice, do you call it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the head head voice. Yeah. yeah, there is another word for it. That's quite a nice word. I can't remember. Colatura is that? Oh, there we are. Or does that just mean sound? I'm not sure. I don't know about singing. Well, he didn't know Marconi invented radio. No, so I don't, exactly. don't know. Why won't refer trust to him. <laughs> but the, and, and the exercises that he's had me doing, yeah, are so 
so many of them gentle you know it's not been lots of but it's more like and vibrations and then this uh, light I can't do it for you now but a lighter sound and I've been really thrilled I mean and I can't overstate the two things with the with my voice there's that and there's dairy Right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Now, that is hazelnut milk that was in that coffee that I've just been drinking. In case you're looking at me, what are you talking about? <laughs> I've, I've, I've been a huge milk consumer all my life. And I heard people say, oh, dairy's no good for singers. And I thought, well, I seem to be all right. I seem to get by. While at the same time, and I, uh, sorry about this listener, being one of those people who often had to go, <laughs> right? And never putting two and two together. And I remember when we were getting ready, getting ready for our, for the tour that we started, Seb, earlier yeah. this year, and I was working with Paul. People would say to me, have you got a cold? And I go, no, I haven't got a cold. Oh, okay. And I was getting to the notes and everything, but they would say, you just sound a bit congested. I, I, would not, I don't think this is how I normally am. And Michael Ball had recommended a guy to me called Fabi. Oh, I can't remember his, next, his second name. Um... Something like Weissbaum or Weissbaum. He's, I think he's Eastern European. Right. Michael had told me how he grapples with your larynx and everything, right? <laughs> wow. And and Paul Herbert had heard of him. And I thought, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go and see him. I'm going to go and see him. Because what was eating me was I'm not going to be the best I can be. And this is such a shame because I'm working really hard for this, you know. And I'm not going to be as good as I can be. So I went to see him. And... You lie down on your back and he basically massages your, under your, so your your jawline, yeah. right? And around your larynx. I'm doing it now. Yeah. And oh. he's moving stuff. And then on your face, around the no, no, nose, around the sides of the nose, under the cheeks and stuff. He's doing that. Then he did, and he did that. And then he did some cranial osteopathy on my head he said i do a cranial you want i said well yeah, okay i'm here you know but thinking well I, I don't see i can see how a relatively forceful massage can have some effect right yeah. i go yeah, yeah. I, I get that and i'm quite open to all sorts of alternative therapies but a cranial massage i don't know so he, so i mean he starts doing stuff and it's so subtle and so nothingy right i'm thinking oh this is a waste of time <laughs> but and then next thing i know I'm miles away. I've just drifted away. So, so something is, is happening, right? And he said to me about the dairy, he said, look, he said, just, just, just cut it out for 24 hours. Just see what happens. I did. Wow. It was like, you know, well, the feeling you have when you've had a cold and the cold goes away and you suddenly feel all dry inside. It was that. And since then, certainly whenever I'm performing, I mean, I, I've had far less milk now occasionally I might I might have some. And I can now monitor it. So anybody who's listening to this and, and is a singer, yeah. you yeah. have to try cutting out dairy. Yeah. I feel like I'm getting more and more I'm congested. I'm going to try it now. <laughs> I, can, I can feel it all. It's all like building up. It's going to be lovely sounds. <laughs> well, it's, it's a funny thing because I think that sometimes with <clears throat> things like this, I, I think also it affects different people differently because my wife has dairy. And she doesn't get all right. So maybe it just reacts in differently in, in different people. But if you are one of those people, uh, I, I can't recommend enough. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, there's there's a, a very funny scene in the trip where uh, you, you show off your three octave range. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really three octaves. I'm cheating. Um, has, it, has it improved at all over, over the years or since working with Paul? I think it's probably, well, I think it'll, yeah, I think it probably, oh, well, it's five octaves. <laughs> yeah. No, in, the, in the trip, see, that's a funny thing. I was remembering the other day that when I first got to know Steve, it would have been about, it was 2000. Well, in the summer of 2000, we shot Human Remains, yeah. which his company made. We did it in Brighton and we were down at his house and I was remembering a party that he had in his house. And this was before I knew him well, you know, we weren't, we weren't big friends then. And um, he had this lovely big house, you know, a big sound system. And it must have been a rap party or might have been a, a start of shoot party. And we ended up putting, somebody put Thunderball on and Steve and I went into a competition, singing along with it, trying to get the big note at the end. And I, I only remembered this the other day in the kitchen there. And I thought, oh, my God. And that was, that's 20 years ago. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, my God. And then we ended up in the trip doing stuff. Yeah. I remember we also had a battle in, the, in his swimming pool that night. We were on rival rival sunglum of lilos and remember this now, <laughs> trying to get the other one off and bizarre behavior <laughs> so um, but yeah and we we sang along to that the the bit in the in the trip uh where we'd sing in is uh it's the winter takes winter it all. takes it yeah. all and we're doing the, the octaves yeah uh no i because if you listen to it i i go down a bit and then up don't i it's yeah. not yeah, really it's that <laughs> but no i would say that now that my voice is in a thanks to paul and, and Fabby, mm. it's in a much better place. And, you know, we shot that thing the other day, that yeah. promo film. Yeah. So for that, I had about a week and a half of doing my exercises again because you sort of fall out of the pattern of yeah. doing them. But just doing those exercises, you know, Paul's given me a few tapes of things. Yeah. And, uh, uh, with the show, are you do you keep with the same sort of structure every night or are you sort of flexible around? No, it? it's the same It's the same yeah. structure. I mean, you... you Give yourself a nervous breakdown yeah. if it was pop, properly different every night. Well, yeah. I mean, what would you say? It's the same structure. Oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah. But, but there, there are moments within it. Well, within it, there play, yeah. Yeah, it changes. But no, no. I mean, God, you, and I think especially with the band, you know, they've yeah. got to know what we're doing. But we have some of them. My favorite bits are when people. We yeah, there's a bit in the second half where we say, right try this is from they got this from bruce springsteen because there's a bit where he used to go he used to go hey i want you to stump the e street band and they, people would come <laughs> holding up signs with songs and he would try and do uh, it on the stage so so we we've done that um and then up doing <laughs> bohemian rhapsody yeah, yeah haven't we right. and uh, ness and dorma yeah. <laughs> somebody shouted out one night nirvana and straight away lewis on guitar lewis turner do you remember yeah, he went straight yeah. into that riff from um, smells like teen spirit yeah. yeah but with the effect on it he went, oh. And I was stood there, what the hell? I mean, it was like a nanosecond, wasn't it? I think guitarists yeah. are always ready to play that. <laughs> it's, just, it's just ready there, isn't it? Yeah, right? It's their yeah. audition They've piece. Special Nirvana pedal. Oh, yeah. uh, oh that's my moment. <laughs> and then one night someone someone said, did they say Goldfinger? Is that what happened? Yeah, they, someone shouted Someone said Goldfinger. Goldfinger, right? So, uh, so we start to work it up. So I start going, Goldfinger. And out of nowhere, Seb does the full proper... Yes, <laughs> and it sounded so good. That was the same thing to, for me. It was like as, as the Nirvana thing. It's like I know what happens here. <laughs> Reach down, grab my plunger, and you 
Yeah. You can look up at Lewis and go, you, you can sit this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 back off. <laughs> There's no guitar in this bit. Um, Did you but, plant um, that person in the audience? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, they travel with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I always laugh now when people now. talk about plants. I, I think, hey, what do you think we do? We think we have a team of actors yeah. who, are, who are on yeah. a wage, yeah. who we are who we are travelling and feeding <laughs> and for that one moment. Could you please sing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. I always find actually watch, doing the show, because a lot of it is it's just we're, we're waiting for the next song, and, but we're watching you and often just, just laughing along because um, it's so funny. But, but um, there are the moments I really love are where you're, it's almost like you're, you're it's like jazz almost. Like you're, mm. you're using, you've got your structure and yeah. you know the jokes you're going to do. Yeah. But within that, the, you, it's so elastic. Yeah. And yeah. You're, so you're, you're reacting to some, some crowd work. Yeah. Or, or sometimes you're just like, skip to the next bit. <laughs> it's not working. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and I, lo- I love that. Um, I just love the, the malleability of it. Mm. Well, I think that comes with, I suppose for the same as a musician and with comedy, it just comes with experience and years and years of doing it. And I think that uh, a lot of stuff that an audience might think was off the hoof is is it might be off the hoof but it's a bit i always think of it as like a magician who can force you to choose a certain card yeah. yeah so i can ask an audience questions that will that seem random but i know that the answer is probably going to then take me to where i want to go um and over the course of this show you were saying earlier about we played swansea and it was very it was half an hour longer but one of the great shames when we had to stop because of the lockdown, was that it was starting to get really um, tight. It was getting to be a really nice show. Yeah. Mm. And that's when, when we pick it up again. We, we'll get back to that pretty quickly. But it was, I was starting to have confidence because it took a while. You know, as I said, I was very wary of, of doing it. But when I saw how the audiences reacted and we, we had such a lovely reaction, I thought, yeah. oh, great, you know. Which is why I'm always so nervous of doing it on, on, on the <clears throat> TV or, mm. or anything. I mean, once they're in the theatre... That's fine. And, you know, we shot this promo and they wanted to show bits of it on the one show. And, and I agonized over that promo because I was oh, just me stood there singing. 
they say, oh, it's, it's such a, what's this idiot doing now? You know, whereas once they're in the theater and they're there for the evening, yeah. I don't mind then yeah. because that's the show, but taken out of context, yeah. Yeah. you know. Um, I think in the theater, you're, you're in control of, of it, yes, aren't you? Yes, and you so set you can, the tone for the whole exactly. night. And, and it may well be that at the beginning of the show, they, they, they are sitting there going, well, what's this going to be? I thought he's just the funny guy who does this. So, you know, what was this, that, that band? Well, yeah. what, oh, and what's this going to be, you know? Um, and then as the show goes on, you can see them. Oh, right, okay. Oh, it's still what we know, but a little bit more. And it's just, because yeah. there's always been music in my stand-up shows, you know. Yeah. I used to have a, a guitarist that came around with me on two tours ago. And on the last tour, I would play the guitar. And, and again, you, you, you get better as the tour goes on. It's such a I mean, practice. I mean, it's with anything, isn't it? Yeah. But I was so much better at the end of the last tour. So I ended up on that tour playing the guitar at the Sydney Opera House and places, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. I think, yeah, I know. And, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, you say the, the jazz thing, and, and it is nice with you in the band knowing that the more we play together, the more we get to know each other yeah. and the more we know where we can go. Yeah, yeah. you got fantastic great. people like that like Giacomo, who's such an incredible jazz musician, Giacomo Smith on yeah. clarinet and saxophone. He's uh, he's terrific. I the the when I put the band together, the I think I'm right in saying the only ones that I asked for would I'd worked with Giacomo before and I'd worked with Gabby before, hmm. so I wanted them, and I thought oh but I bet I won't get them. They won't be available. They oh, I was so pleased. So, and it was great having those familiar faces. Yes, absolutely. And then the rest were Paul knew. I all the rest I don't of you actually know how I got involved. <coughs> yeah, how it. the hell did you I, get the job? <laughs> I've asked this so many times. I actually worked for the Daily Mail. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I've got you. You um, thought it was Anton Dubeck. You thought it was sure. Anton's tour, there. which would be a dream. Has the dance? Has the level of dance disappointed yeah, there's not you? Not as much dancing as I, as much as I was expecting. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think someone drops out. I think someone oh, okay. else wants to do it. No one's really told me the truth. Th- there which I was quite another. Like. There was another musician. Another one. I won't say who because that would be unfair to them. But there was another position hmm. where I had someone in mind. Yeah. And they couldn't do it. And now, of course, I can't imagine it with anybody other yeah. than the person that, that's doing that Surely. part. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. Now, uh, some of the song choices. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, I mean, some of your, your favorite artists. I mean, that, yeah. Uh, um, you, you sing their songs, but does it take a bit of confidence to sing something that's very kind of melancholy, and there's no laughs involved no, at all? No, it's, it's really strange. I'm happier singing the melancholy songs, mm. but there are too many of them, so right. we've taken some of them out. So for this, for the tour, we had. We had Train in the Distance by Paul Simon. I think you'd call that a melancholy song. <laughs> As a train rolls Would you by. believe it? Not too far in the distance. Um, <laughs> train in the Distance. We had we had Broken Bicycles by Tom Waits. Okay, that's a melancholy song. Yeah. We had the bit we do from Under Milk Wood. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. melancholy. Mm. We had Always on My Mind. That's melancholy. Yeah. We had Everybody's Talking, you know, the smile. Harry Nielsen song. Yeah. We had Smile. But, but Smile is used to illustrate a... A joke, isn't it? So I, I oh, don't I think so, of it. No. That, that's just a setup to a gag. But, but I'm more confident singing something like that than I am with the faster songs. Oh, right. I found it very hard to sing a faster song without feeling like a bit of an idiot. Now, isn't that an, a strange hmm. thing? I don't know what it is. Yeah. I think that comes under the who does he think he is category. So if fast songs we do goody goody which i know because i love tony bennett 
Yeah, so, so you met someone who set you back on your heels. Now, I've been thinking about that song, you see, and I think where I'm going wrong with that song is I need to be a little bit more, it would staccato be the word, in my singing. Yeah. I shouldn't be... St- a bit shorter. A bit shorter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I've been going, because I naturally, when I sing, I tend to hold them out. So I've been going, so you met someone who set you back on your heels. And I think it'd be better. So you met someone who set you back on your heels. I think, and yeah, that's maybe. what I want to do when we go back. Because I've been thinking about it when I listen to it, because the band sound great on it. Because, you know, when you get to you and Giacomo in, yeah. in, the, in the middle of eight, it's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's all lovely. But those fast songs, I'm looking for a couple more for when we go back out yeah we did because we talk i do stuff from musicals i i talk about being in guys and dolls when i was at school so i do sit down you rock in the boat yeah right which is a way of that's right at the beginning of the show saying look here we go i can sing listen to this it's big you're gonna go oh hopefully they go oh yeah you can sing and then relax and we did do a bit of Luck Be A Lady once, didn't we? We did that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah but it does become and a bit of a Guys and Dolls I've fest. I've never been in love before. And we do, I've never been in love before. Yeah. That's slow one, I suppose. That's slow again, but it also sets up the joke about... It's <laughs> from when I was at uh, school. Yeah. yeah. And I played Sky Masterson, and the girl that played Sarah was this beautiful girl, you know, who I had such a crush on, and... I had to, in the rehearsals, I had to sing, I've never been in love before to this girl. And it was kind of what I was feeling, you know, in myself. And, <laughs> and then she would be going back, I've never been in love before either. And I was thinking, oh, does she love me? And of course she didn't. And, it, and it's all very confusing when you're, <laughs> when you're that age. <laughs> yeah. And we have some jokes. We have some jokes in there. Um, I was reading yeah. um, about, it. you're fond of Sondheim, aren't you? Oh, Is yes. That, yeah. I wonder if there's well, something. Well, we were, we were going to do... But again, they tend to be the more mournful, slow mm. ones. I was going to do, we were looking to do Pretty Women. Yeah. And yeah. for a while, we and maybe we will do this eventually, I was, what the hell is going on? <laughs> <laughs> is it Crossrail? <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll, let's, we'll just sit quietly in the garden. It'll be fine. Um, we were going to do Pretty Women. Now, there's a great version that was done in America where all I think all the cast played their own instruments or something. Are you aware right. of this? Oh, in the uh, in a pie shop? Possibly. And was the one Patty LuPone, Patty oh, LuPone no. was in? I don't know. Anyway, it, it's very good. So, so so the bit where it goes up, you're in a merry mood today, Mr. Todd. And he says, says you're with my desire, one man to the next, pretty women, oh, women. And they talk to each other. And I was going to do it. I was going to do that, playing both the parts and then going into the song. And then we, I don't know, we never we never got round to it. Um, mm. But yes, so Sondheim, mm. yes. Yeah. I adore. Yeah. Um, you you, met, you I, met him, didn't met you, last, last year. year? So I did Follies at the National Theatre. I saw that production. Have yeah, we talked about this? I don't know if... Well, the I, one that Janie D was in. Yeah, and, and Imelda Staunton. I did, Imelda wasn't did in it when time? I saw it. I saw it the second time. Yeah, so it was, there were two runs. And, and at the end of that second run, there was a drinks reception up the top of the National Theatre. Right. And Sondheim was there. No. It was it was so great. Did you uh. speak to him? I Yeah. So basically, I was so nervous to talk to him because yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's Stephen yeah. Sondheim. Uh, a few of us went over, th- like three of us from the band, yeah. um, we, uh, it wasn't me that led it. It was the oboist, uh, Simon. He went up and said, Mr. Sondheim. And we all shook his hand. And he was just, you know, he's quite a gruff sort of. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Well, I, I can't remember what he said, but it was something just like, you know, oh, great, you're in the band. Great, cool. You know, like that. <laughs> and that was it. But I mean, 
back when I mean I don't think anyone's ever going to shake you, anyone's hand when you meet someone. No, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's no, gone. We will, we will. But, eventually. But yeah. um, I mean that that was just I mean that's, that's one of the well, most that, amazing that people to meet. That production was absolutely sublime. I thought, yeah. and yeah. particularly Janie. I oh uh, she was so great. Yeah. I hadn't I'd seen her do things, but I didn't. She blew me away. Mm. She just blew me away. I thought she was fantastic. Yeah. Mm. That song, the ballad of. Somebody and somebody, uh, Sally Jesse, and Jesse and Sally, Lucy and Jesse, Lucy and Je- Lucy wants to be Jesse, Jesse and Lucy. Oh, so good! <laughs> and in so any great. of Sondheim's things, there's just there's just so many layers. Yeah, and you can yeah. just delight and you listen to it again and again. Yeah, I loved that. I loved that production. I yeah. didn't know you were yeah. in that. Yeah, I, it was a really great production because there were twenty one players or yes. including conductors. Amazing, isn't it? Um, which is so rare to, yeah. do, to have so many people in an orchestra. There was a harp player and and you know quite a full string section yeah. and uh, it was just it was really wonderful and I, I remember the, doing the sits probe for it the first time doing the what the, the sits probe what does that so mean? that that's that's where the cast yes. and the band yeah. rehearsed together for okay. the first time so you, oh the sits probe yeah of course yeah. the sits probe <laughs> yeah, yeah. and um, <clears throat> it was the day before my wedding and um, it was so lucky actually because the day of my wedding was the day off in the rehearsal week. Oh, it meant I could goodness. do the whole run. Yeah. If it had been a day different. It, oh, so that's many the stars like aligning, just, isn't yeah, it? Really, that's really great. Was. Yeah. And so I was in such a good mood. And then the day before, had this sits probe and Imelda Staunton was there and Janie yeah. D. And, yeah. And, and uh, Jonathan Tunick, who, who's Stephen Sondheim's orchestrator, who, yeah. who did all, who's done all his shows and mm. really contributes to that sound that he's got. But anyway, all these, I just, it was just one of the greatest working days in my career yeah. it was a really amazing, amazing second thing. only to the Sits Pro oh, for yeah. the tour that you've just done oh yeah no, that, that was yeah, the best that thing. I think the I think you'll say I... my wedding day I'd but oh, like, yeah. I'm say career, oh, sorry not, not and live. your wedding day <laughs> I'd love to do to be in a, a Sondheim but I, my thing has been because I because I had children again you know mm. uh, mm. Uh, it, it's being in the theatre is so so takes over your life yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you're out every night and it just seems so unfair on 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 my wife uh to to, to be here all the time I mean when they're older and if I can still stand then, then <laughs> I, I I would like to do some one that was one of the reasons why I'm doing the tour with you mm. is because I wanted to do these songs yeah. but at least with this I can I can decide I can yeah. say we'll do three in a row and then we'll have two nights off yeah, yeah. And we'll do two in a row we'll have three nights off you know and you can you can plan it as as you want it is there one uh, one musical in particular you'd be keen to do? Well, um, I do love Sweeney Todd. Oh yes, I would. I would. I would love to play Sweeney in Sweeney Todd. Yeah. yeah. Um, am I too old for that? Am I? I don't know. No. I don't think you forget how old you are, and you, there's a lot of things you'll say. So you go, oh yeah, no, I'm probably, probably a bit old for that now. Oliver. Uh, Oliver. Oh, Oliver. <laughs> <Yeah. Swiss. laughs> That's pretty good. What about the artful dodger? Yeah. He's a bit older. Isn't Matilda. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, maybe Sweeney Todd. Um, but I'd also like to do a good old Rodgers and Hammerstein. You oh, know? Yeah. Uh, yes. I, I don't know them well enough to, to know the all the parts, but I just love that whole feel. Um, I would like to do that. I really would. Yeah. yeah. So maybe sort of, what, 10 years' time, but when the kids have all left. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, in 10 years. Yeah, in 10 years from now. I, maybe less than that. Maybe it's more yeah. once they become... Once they're teenagers and they're sort of doing their yeah, own yeah. thing yeah, anyway, exactly. yeah. you know, and yeah. um, 
I, yes, actually, so it doesn't need to be that far ahead, no. actually. Do you know what? Probably in five years' time. Yeah. They, yeah, yeah. Well, do you find anything terrifying these days or yeah. scary when you're... What's yeah. the most scared you get in all the different sort of things you do as, yeah. a, as a performer? Well, some of the things I don't get scared at all. So I was saying this to someone the other day that we've just done another series of Would I Lie To You with, with a tiny audience. And everything. Yeah. And, uh, mm. I don't get at all nervous doing that show. Right. Not wow. in the slightest. And and I sometimes think to myself, God, look at this. I'm in the wings here in the TV studio, waiting about to go on to host this show. And no, it's just it's just another day at the office. Which is That's amazing. Quite yeah, something. It is. You know, I would have been nervous with that once. I oh, why I, is it with that one? Is it because is it, is it there's, there's a there's a strict format well, we've done so it so know, many times you know so much yeah so, so well. many times there's a formula yeah i know i can do it it's a bit like we said earlier about playing the guitar on stage and i said you've got to be a couple of grades better yeah than mm. you need to be to be able to do it on the stage do you know yeah, that yeah, yeah absolutely so it's yeah. similar here so that's well hosting that show is well within my wheelhouse yeah mm. i sit I sit in the same place for the whole show. There's no moves. Do, do you know, do you know yeah. what I mean? Not, it, it's, it's easy. So, you know, if, if you, with the, the experience you have and whatever talent you have or knack you have to be able to do it, yeah. then that, that is, it's, it's, it's an easy, in, in, enjoyable show. But I would get nervous with the singing stuff. If, if with our tour, you know, I was nervous at the beginning of again how I would be perceived, you know, mm. because I don't mm. want because I don't want people going. I don't know how to explain it. I like singing, and I, I think I can sing. You yeah. know, if yeah. there's no time for false modesty, I think I can sing, and so it's important that it's good. And as I say, I've seen the reception some of my contemporaries have who are really good and I don't want that so that's why right. I handle it so carefully but I get nervous I'd be nervous uh, there, there there are things things when there are variables that are outside your control I suppose is it nerve-wracking going into other panel shows so something like have I got news for you for well example? I don't see that's a bit of a misconception about me I've not done oh, have anything not? else for a long time <gasps> I've not done QI for about yeah. about seven eight nine years right. I, I think I stopped doing that because I felt I'd I'd done all my shtick you know right. I, I didn't have anything else to add to it yeah I've only ever done I hosted have I got news for you once yeah. I didn't particularly enjoy the experience so I've not done I've never done that I've never been on yeah. as a panelist yeah. um, I'm about to do the big fat quiz of the year yeah which I did about I did for a few years in a row and I stopped doing them and I'm doing it again this year frankly work yeah it's yeah. money yeah. Know, yeah i'm not yeah. ashamed to say that <clears throat> no you know. um and it'll be fun i saw my chums that do it but yeah. that's why i'm doing it um mm. uh but other than that i actually so no i wouldn't be i won't be nervous about that i'll be thinking you know i hope i i hope i come out with a few funny things yeah um i hope i i hope i make a good showing of myself yeah because on that sort of show, it can just be how you are in the moment and maybe you're just not firing in all cylinders. Um, there are things I wish... I'm sitting here trying to think because well, there are definitely things where I get nervous. Like acting in the West End, you, like with Kenneth Branagh. And... Yeah, not once it's up and running. No. When, it's, when, it's, when it's done properly... So for that play I did with Kenneth Branagh, the rehearsal process is so thorough. Mm. See, in my career, for a long time, I didn't really... I was often a seat-of-the-pants kind of person. 
I was often a making it up as you go along kind of person. And then I did the play with Trevor Nunn, uh, Chorus Disapproval, and then I did the play with Ken and Sean Foley. Mm. And that was proper, you know, that was done with proper amount of rehearsal. And I had, I had this new experience of I couldn't wait for first night because we'd done it properly. Mm. And I mm. wanted then an audience. I wanted their reaction. Yeah. Where, oh, well, I'll, <laughs> when I first started to do live comedy performances once I was well known, so in about 2001, I took the Keith Barrett character and did every Sunday night at the Ambassador's Theatre, the one opposite the Ivy, um, just oh, up, yeah. just oh, up yeah. by the mousetrap, sort of. Not the mousetrap, just up next from there. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I oh, did yeah, yeah. my character giving this talk on divorce, and I was oh my god, I was nervous. I was so nervous because I, I went into it like I used to go into exams at school, totally unprepared, and. I had tried out the first half of the show in some comedy clubs, maybe 20 to 30 minutes of it, that's all. But the second half of the show, and I find this hard to believe, I had not performed in front of anybody anywhere. It was a slideshow, and I just planned it. And it what I hadn't known, Claire's my wife now, and we've been together for 18 years or 19 years. I hadn't known her very long, and we were backstage in my dressing room and I was almost apoplectic, is that the word, or catatonic? I was, yeah. I was paralyzed with fear to go on because it felt like one of those anxiety dreams that performers have where they're going on to do a play and they don't know the script. Yeah. It was, I mean, I ended up going to a stomach specialist after that because I, I felt so ill. Wow. I, I Terrible. But, but those days are long behind me. Uh, that's 20, almost 20 years ago. So nervous for that, yes. Um, sometimes with these YouTube interviews, because of the technical side of it, and if it's someone that I don't know that well, but hope they enjoy it, that's when I did Will Ferrell. Yeah. I've worked with him, I don't know him particularly well. <clears throat> you think, right, I don't want to mess up here, you know. There are more devices now We've got something happening next door. <laughs> I know. There's something happening in the golf course that's the it's other like side a chorus. of the room. Is this going to be usable I or think is it, it too will. bad? I think it will be, hopefully. Yeah. If you've listened this far, thanks, for, thanks yeah. for persevering. Yeah. What's, that? What's he doing? I mean, that is amazing, it's isn't it? We've They're got... communicating. Yeah, they are. <laughs> and the sun's out. It's, an, it's become a nice day. I was thinking, it's oh, lovely. Yeah, got their lawnmowers yeah. out, haven't they? That's Classic. why they're doing it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, he sounds like he's a stonemason, the one that's <laughs> Oh, I've got to say, I was doing um, some Google, well, stalking research, yes. or should we say, yes. and I found an excellent headline. <laughs> Can I yes, just say, it was, the mirror headline was, Anton Dubeck snubbed by who do you think you are as he wasn't Rob Bryden. <laughs> I mean, that's a tragedy for Anton. <laughs> it's very funny. It's are you funny. keen to do? Have you done? <laughs> who do you think you I are? I haven't done it, no. Would you? No. I might do it one day. Yeah. Well, they're know. obviously keen to have you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched Ruth did it the other day. I watched Ruth's and David Williams has done it and uh, Lee yeah. Mack's done it. David Mitchell's done it. I know a ton of people who've done it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I got mentioned in Ruth's, which was quite nice. She she drove past the thing, the place I mentioned to you, the Grand yeah. Pavilion. At the beginning, she goes home to Portugal and she says, "Oh, that's where I used to do musicals with Rob Brydon." Yeah. Ah. Oh, 
Yeah. Did you have a standout performance when you were at school? Any musical that you? Yeah, loved? Guys and Dolls was my that was favorite. The one. Yeah, that was my favorite. We did Carousel as well. Oh, and then okay. in Carousel, you get to say was Billy, and so I get to sing the soliloquy. And I can remember getting to the end note. Go out and make it, or steal it, or take it. Big breath. Or die. And the audience, right. And because at that age, you've got no technique. You've got no, um, you know, and I remember, I can still remember. I Maybe that was at the end of the first half in my mind. Maybe it's not. And, and I'm walking off lightheaded and dizzy from <laughs> having to hold my breath. Oh. I'm wearing my Uncle Colin's zip-up ankle boots with huge heels <laughs> to make me tall enough to look like a leading man opposite Nicola Ball, who played Julie. And there's a big rake on the stage. So if I face the front, it's like that smooth criminal video with Michael yeah. Jackson where he leans over. Um, so I really... That particular moment, I remember very strongly. But in terms of the show I enjoyed the most, I would say Guys and Dolls because it's mm. just a stunning show. Yes. And I got to sing Luck Be a Lady. And, oh. and, uh, my time of day is the dark time. That's one of my favourite songs from that. And um, I've never been in love before. Um, very similar, isn't it? In Guys and Dolls, they sing that to each other. And then in Carousel, if I loved you. Yeah. yeah. So you could have another musical where I might be in love and I, I might be you. <laughs> That's obviously the, the formula. That's right. At the beginning. There's yeah. one in, in Showboat. Is that Rogers, Rogers and Hart? Yeah. Is it, is it um, only make believe? I, it's like, uh, let's yeah. make believe that I love you. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just had to be a bit more, um, what do you call it? Uh, you couldn't be so direct back then. Could yeah. You? But, they're, <laughs> but, they're, but they're stunning songs, aren't they? Yeah. And the way are. that they're constructed. I mean, uh, they're just, just lovely. Just lovely. And as I say, learning to sing <clears> them again <throat> with, with Paul and, yes. you know, what he's done with my voice. We, you know, when we sing um, in the show, we do uh, Always On My Mind. So it's very wary of singing. It's such a kind of pub singer kind of song. But but somebody, what happened was, I think somebody... Re- I, so, so going back, so Paul and I rehearsed. That's right, we went off at a tangent. Rehearsed for, for about a year. And then our producer said, look, and we were always going to play at Crazy Cox in Piccadilly, right? Yeah. Lovely little room, which I'd seen a few people in and loved only seats about 80 people mm. it's it's not financially viable um <laughs> but um we we went there we so we booked he booked a week just before last christmas and in we went and there i would ask somebody you know give us a request it was just me and paul and someone said always on my mind and we sang and it went down really well and that's one where i noticed the thing with the uh, with the voice uh the lightness that paul has given me mm. um where you'd go, maybe I'd entreat you. Whereas before you might have gone, maybe I'd and you right? Does yeah. that make sense to you? Yeah. Whereas now yeah. you go, maybe I'd entreat you. Yeah. It's like a yeah. light it's a lighter. It's well Paul yeah. describes it's a midway between your singing and your speaking. Yes. Yeah. And he has an exercise that I do, which is the sound where, 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 like wet but without the T. Where, where, where where and it's all to do with the folds at the back this is what he says yeah. Yeah. who am I to doubt him the folds at the back of the throat where 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 and you just do that at different pitches and I can really feel the benefit of that then in a song like little things I should have said and done yeah. I just never took the time you could just do it very lightly and, and not 
not force it. And mm. also use the microphone as yeah, well. Yeah. You'd yeah. not feel that you have to. And now I look back on some other performances and I think, oh, I wish I'd known that then. You know, I would have, um, I was relying in the past just on brute force. <laughs> yeah. And now we've <laughs> learned a little bit of subtlety. Yeah. That's right. Well, you're always learning, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. These things. But yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, great to learn new little skills and then colors. Well, it's you can great. Yeah. You know it's great being around people who are so good at what they do, whether it's you guys in the, in, in, in the band. I mean, I love that. And, and I have to say that you see it in the audience. They yeah. Go, oh, wow. Well, all right. Because you imagine you coming to see me, it's probably going to be three old guys. <laughs> the caterers from Harry You've got this amazing, uh, amazing band yeah. and the sound is, is so good. One of my favourite bits in the show is where we introduce the band and you, we, yeah. we based it around, I had this idea, which sounds un, unlikely, basing it around everybody wants to be a cat from the Aristocats. Do you remember that song? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it works. <laughs> yeah. And it, I introduced the so I say the years the band and I got some jokes and da 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 da. And with Dave Pack does a drum solo first while the band are basically doom 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 and you go on Dave Pack and we do drum and then we have Lewis on the guitar. And then we go into everybody wants to be a cat because a cat's the only cat, and it's it's just lovely. It's um, that's a, that's a real joy. Yeah, doing something like that that's a bit again. Oh, am I going to do it to everybody wants to be a cat? That's a, bit of a, <laughs> that's a bold choice. And you go, no, no, let's, no, let's do that. I haven't seen anybody else do that. Yeah. So, so, so let's yeah. do that. You know, that sort of um, thing to do in a show is that is that sort of harking back to like kind of. Did Elvis do that or that kind of what, thing? Introducing, introducing the band? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Elvis, all the people I love. Well, no, actually, I don't think. Uh, yeah, Elvis certainly did. And uh, Bruce. Yeah. Mm. Bruce would do often, say in about in the late 70s, he has a song called Rosalita. It's very long. Do you know Rosalita? Jump a little no, lighter. Anyway, and then, so, and then, and it's going. And then he introduces the band. Uh, they don't do solos. So he goes, and the guitar, Miami, Steve Van Zandt. <laughs> the mighty yeah. Max Weinberg. <laughs> and Elvis used to do a thing where he'd be sort of three quarters of the way through the show and he'd go, thank you, thank you, thank you very much at the end of a song. And then the band would go, doom, 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 doom. Uh, before we go any further, I'd like to introduce you to the members of my group. And, and he goes, first of all, the guys that do my background singing, their name is a voice. Because he had such a yeah. band, right? So he'd have a yeah. four-piece there and he'd go, and the other singers is J.D. Sumner and a Stamps oh, yeah. Quartet, right? So you got those singers. And then you got these Sweet Inspirations. That's about four girls there singing. So, I mean, that's just all the voices. Yeah. In the yeah. And then, he, and then he would talk you through the rhythm section. Uh, so we go on, uh, on lead guitar, uh, James Burton. And J- he would often then go, and they'd do a bit. On bass, Jerry Schiff. And you go play something, Jerry. (laughs) On drums from, I think he's from Dallas, Texas, Ronnie Tut. And he goes, on the piano, Glenn Harden. So I suppose, yeah, I mean, I have to, um, you know, I've got to introduce the band at some point, but I suppose that would be an influence on it. Yeah, having for years and years and years listened to Elvis do that in various guises. And if you follow Elvis's career, 
towards the end, say 76, 77, mm. he'd let those guys play much longer in those introductions, which only says to me he was getting bored, you know, and, and, he, and he was happy just to let someone else do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there's some clips from about 76 or 77. He goes, I'm a bass guitar. Jerry said, what, what are you going to play, Jerry? And he goes, I'm going to play some blues. <laughs> blues. And he plays this blues bass thing that goes on for about two minutes. <laughs> and Elvis is just stood there watching. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he just he obviously he's thinking, I don't know, they can they can do the show. I don't mind take over. Is that your favourite era of Elvis? Was it slightly earlier? I like I like I like everything, but I'm I am very fond of uh the seventies when he was back live. There's a thing about to come out any day now, in November. Uh they take all Elvis's stuff and they repackage it and what yeah. have you. And you can have different views on that, but what they've done a lot of recently is just take away all the overdubs and the extra strings and things and give you the feeling of him in the studio. So he did a long session in Nashville in 1970, just before he went and filmed what would become That's the Way It Is, the concert film, where he did a Just Can't Help Believing, amongst other songs. And uh, he recorded loads, and they, they've been putting them out slowly to promote this record that's coming out in full in November. <clears throat> And it's just without, it's just him in the rhythm section, without the strings, without the voices. And it's lovely. Yeah. He does a lovely version of that Willie Nelson song, Funny How Time Slips Away. Do you know that oh, song? No, I don't know. Do you know that? Well, hello there. My, it's been a long, long time. You know that one? No. How am I doing? You must know this. It's been, it's been so long now, and it seems like it was only yesterday. Ain't it funny how time. You know that one? No. Slips away. Well, him and the it's band, nice. and his voice is beautiful. It's like chocolate. Yeah. yeah. And when it, when it came out, it had a lot of strings on it and some voices behind him. He loved being part of a vocal group. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that period. He's probably eating a lot of dairy at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I don't know what's wrong with my voice, man. <laughs> Give me some more milk. <laughs> I go, rrr, rrr. <laughs> what is my voice? Um, but Tom Jones toured with him, didn't he? Uh, no, he never toured with him. Oh, no, he didn't he, tour he with knew him. him. Right. But uh, no, they didn't tour. No, Elvis no. never Elvis never sang on stage with anybody else. Oh, wow. oh, really? There is a photograph of Elvis and Tom <clears throat> on the same stage yeah. once, but they didn't sing together. They, right. I think Tom got Elvis up or Elvis got Tom up. I forget the way around. Somebody took some snaps in the audience. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, 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 he he never did. But mm. of course, he Tom, if you spend any time with Tom, you know, he knows everybody, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, everybody from <laughs> Sammy Davis, Sinatra, Elvis, or the Beatles, the Stones. I mean, yeah. everybody. Everyone, yeah. Because yeah. Tom can sing anything, you know. I mean, mm. yeah. And he, he had a show. Uh, oh, this show. Uh, anybody sh wanting to know more about Tom Jones, look, go on YouTube and look up This Is Tom Jones. Yeah. There's a great clip of him with Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young singing Long Time Coming. And oh, look wow. at David Crosby's face gazing adoringly at Tom, which uh -huh. is what I, I tend to end up doing whenever I've done stuff with him. Because <laughs> I say this in the show. Yeah, that yeah. On this, we did a charity show together and uh, we sang Smile Though Your Heart Is Aching. And... I do the first verse, he does the second. And I didn't know what, and we sat on stools at Wembley Arena. 
And I thought, well, what do I do once I finish singing? Where do I look? And I say, I say, don't make the mistake I made. Don't just gaze adoringly at Tom. <laughs> <laughs> but it's very hard not yeah. to because he's this charismatic guy who yeah. is a world famous guy. He's also a very nice guy, you know, very generous. And so I finish my bit. I'm just looking like this. <laughs> <laughs> And I've done that a few times. I've been on a few shows with him over the years, and it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> oh my god! There's a clip on YouTube of you doing the uh, from the Jungle Book. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, that was the same show. Yeah. Oh, that was right. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the end of that show. We sang. Uh, right. We sang. Uh, look, uh, me and Tom singing and... Bare Necessities. Oh wow, that's great. <laughs> so and then I want to be like you. I mean, me singing to him, I want to be like you. Yeah. The, the irony was not lost on me. Um, but you weren't tempted to throw underwear at him. Uh, no, no, okay. no I, was, I, I, I managed to resist. Well that. done. But he was—he was going. He was going, uh, he's going. Well, I'm the king of the swingers. The now there's a guy I've become very interested in. Is Louis Prima? Now, what do you oh, know yes. about Louis Prima? Well, I've, I've seen a clip that I think you've shown me of him of, of like the four of them yeah. walking around the studio. No, the... that was Giacomo showed us that. Oh, Giacomo showed and us that. It was that. Giacomo that turned me on to that. Yes. Because, you know, he did, Louis Prima did uh, I Want to Be Like You. Yeah. But he also, of course, did stuff like uh, Buona Sera, Senorita, yeah, Buona yeah, yeah. Sera. And he did, there's a few songs, there's such feel-good songs. And I, that's on my list of things to do is to, because you saw as you came in the house, I got that jukebox, which yeah, is from yeah, 19, yeah. 1957. And I want to get a Louis Prima single to put on it, because yeah. I think it would sound great oh, yeah. coming out of that. Yeah. Oh. Brilliant. Brilliant. Hey, look, we, yeah. we've got to let you let you go. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. I'm not going to let you go. I'm very lonely <laughs> and I want to talk more. <laughs> Would you believe that everything's just stopped? Hey, let's All listen, the noises. Let, let, let the listener enjoy this. The odd crow, the sound of a chud. There's a school not far away. That And, and yet, look at it, stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, thank you. God, wasn't that such a treat? Yeah. He's such a lovely man. Yeah, so generous and so thoughtful. Yeah. And like he he really kind of really thought about the questions we were asking. And, yeah. And the, the sort of conversation and went down some really interesting avenues. And I, yeah. I think obviously he's he's known for being a, a mainly as a, an actor and a comedian, mm. maybe lesser known as, as a musician mm-hmm. or a singer, but you can see how important music is to him. Absolutely. And you can tell how proud he is of the tour. Like he just yeah. uh, exudes happiness when he talks about it. It's yeah. a wonderful thing. I definitely want to come and see it when you guys are back on the road next year. Oh, yeah. So the tour is going ahead in, in the spring and tickets are on sale. So there are links to that in the in the show notes. That's right, yeah. But honestly, it, it was one of the most enjoyable bits of work I've ever done. Oh. Just being being part of, of a really great band and just watching Robert work is just so inspiring. Yeah. Because he, he's such a master at, at talking to the crowd and, 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 uh, and then, and then, you know, going into a funny anecdote or, or then quite a melancholy song. That, yeah. But it all really works as a, mm. as a show. And it's great that he's so passionate about uh, really improving his voice and singing and, and it, like gaining this confidence to sort of yeah. take it to, so it feels like he's really getting something out of it as well. Yeah. What I think is really interesting is like for him is that there aren't many people doing what he does no in in this country and i can't really think of um an american equivalent either or there are some people that have released albums they do 
they do musicals but also do like the panel shows and they do acting and that but I think for him like, you, you've always got to be thinking of new things and things that are fulfilling to you but yeah are the right thing for you to be doing yeah. and obviously he takes a lot of time over deciding to do something yeah but um you've got to get it right haven't you because it's your it's your kind of whole look and uh, your whole yeah. brand it's quite um, terrifying isn't um, it it must be really scary and that yeah. was interesting saying that him saying that this is something that he does get nervous about where he's so used to like panel shows and stand up yeah, and, that's right. and he kind of knows how to do to do those things and this is like new territory yeah and like you're saying you know just wanting to preserve your brand in one way which sounds really naff but it's kind of what it is isn't it it is i think um and there's there's no one to there's no rule book on this kind of thing is there no no, no one tells you how to be a really successful top presenter top singer yeah top actor because you've just got to find those things out for yourself yeah he's, he's just done some really great stuff and I, i've always been a big big fan of him and yeah it's me just, too uh, it's just great to great to just sit in his presence and talk to him, <laughs> it really it? was i was so nervous about going to meet him i was really worried about saying something awful or just being <laughs> really embarrassing and so but then he just puts you at ease so actually my levels of embarrassing conversation were kept to a minimum <laughs> it was great I, I i was really proud of you verity oh thanks <laughs> you too <laughs> <laughs> Um, well look thanks for listening everyone and if you're a new listener then thank you so much for for tuning in and if you haven't already please click subscribe and rate and review on itunes that's a fantastic thing you can do which really helps people hear about the show what else can they do verity well do you know what we've got a new new website so you can go along there uh, threeinabar.com and you can that when you get to that website which is very exciting uh, you can go and click on YouTube, and we've got a new YouTube channel too. Yeah, it's that's just right. so much newness. <laughs> There's so many new things. Yeah, it's very exciting. So if you want to share this episode on social media, um, please do so. Um, we're on Twitter. We're at Three in a Bar Pod. We're also on Instagram at Three in a Bar Pod, and we're on Facebook as well. Just search for Three in a Bar. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We're everywhere. We are everywhere. You're going to find us in. In the darkest alleys. Have you subscribed yet? Lurking in bushes. We'll be walking along the seafront. We've, we've hired seagulls to come. They're working for us. Yeah, we have. And pigeons. They're, they're going to be our little birds going around. Just check in that you've subscribed. Like and subscribe. Ah! Oh my God. That's horrible. Take that out. Uh, or if you're not on social media, which which we do recommend also, maybe tell your friends. Tell your friends in person when you when you next see them in, in December. Yeah. So there you go. Hey, guys, I think we turned a corner last night. Some good news happened. Yes. 2020 is not as crap as it looked like it was, is it? No, it's all looking up, uh, isn't it? It's amazing. It was such a... I felt really, really positive. And uh, it was like the best news since 2016, I'd say. Yeah. And that's not even just because of our orange friend everything's been a bit rubbish since then and and now there's something good yeah they're really good and so lots of love to all our friends in america yeah and well done just like it it must be it must be great i've seen so many videos of people dancing in the street and Mm. it it must just be the best feeling ever so yeah uh, on the flip side however i have i have uh, lost my husband to uh videos of pastor paula white um, if you haven't seen oh, yeah. her yet, this is Trump's spiritual advisor. If you haven't had a chance to check her out, have a look. She's 
really quite something. <laughs> I will check out that as soon as we finish oh, doing this. Thanks so much, everybody. And we'll be back next week as we are every Monday with a new episode. And um, yeah, have a absolutely fabulous week and we'll see you next time. Cheers then. Bye. Bye. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.